0: and tea today in Bamidbar and we're covering the volume 18 actually. We actually moved up a volume because Mm -hmm. volume 17 is the book of Vayikra
1: and we Mm -hmm. actually
0: graduated to the book of Bamidbar. So Mm -hmm. we're actually in volume 18. So we'll talk about the beginning of the portion of Bamidbar. Now the beginning of the Parsha of Bamidbar begins with the counting of the Jewish people. Baba, your voice is, is fading. Could fading. you speak a little louder, please? Sure. How is this? Is this any better? A little bit. Not really, huh? Um, let's see. Maybe I'll get closer to the microphone. No, How about this? No, no. It's been better. Is you this know, better? You've been louder. Better? One second. Maybe you're, you're... What are you listening? On a phone? Yeah. Maybe the phone is not. Does uh, everybody else hear me? Okay. Yes. Now you're better. Better. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Okay. No. No worries. So, in the parsha, after it talks about counting all the Jewish people, it talks also about the Levites. And the Torah says, in verse Hey, God says to Moshe, saying what is the function of the Levites? You know, the tribe of Levi, there's two branches. One branch are the Kohanim and the other branch are the Levim, are the Levites. The Kohanim are Aaron and his sons and their direct descendants and the Levites is everybody else from the tribe of Levi. So. The Kohanim, they are the ones that served in the Beit HaMikdash and they brought the offerings, Uh, they ate the special truma and then we had the Levites. The Levites also had a function in the Beit HaMikdash or in the Mishkan as helping out the Kohanim. So, the verse says, et matei levi. bring close the tribe of Levi. Those are the other ones besides the Kohanim. Oto lifnei aron ha-kohen. And place him before Aaron the Kohen, which means that they will be the Sheritu Oto, they will serve him. They will be serving Aaron What are they serving? How did they serve Aaron DeCon? So the verse goes on to say, what they did was that they you, you would protect in the Mikdash the way they camped to make sure that no stranger will come close to the Beit HaMikdash. The way they camped was, they had Aaron and his sons were right in front of the temple, in front of the Mishkan, in front of the entrance, and the rest of the Levi made a circle all around, they circled all around the temple And basically, that was meant as a line for other people not to come inside. Now, the obligation is upon Aaron. But Aaron and his sons can't do it alone. So therefore, the tribe of Levi was given to Aaron to help him in his job of protecting the Mishkan so that no stranger will go there so the verse says later on, so they will help him guard the Shomru as Mishmartoy they will guard his guard he was supposed to protect the Mishkan they will help him and also the guard of all the community and be in front of the oil moed, the fneil moed, and that is to work the service for the Mishkan. How do they do it? So it says again, the Shamru as cold clay oil moed. So they watched all the vessels of the tent of meeting, all the vessels of the Mishkan. And what they also did Be'es Mishmeres B'nei Yisro. So here it says, the guard of the B'nei Yisro. What does that mean? Before it seemed in the verse that it said that the Levim were basically a help to the Kohanim. The Kohanim couldn't do it alone. So they supported, they were a support to the Kohanim. So together with the Kohanim, they watched the Mishkan. But over here it says, They watched the Omoed. They also guarded the guard of the Mnei Yisrael. What does it mean they guarded the Mnei Yisrael? So Rashi says technically the responsibility is upon all of Israel. Who is supposed to protect the Mikdash, the Mishkan? Everybody. It's all the Jews' responsibility. However, the Leviim they came as agents of the rest of Israel. So the Leviim are guarding the Mishkan and doing the service there as representatives, as agents of the Bnei Israel, And that is also why the Jewish people have to give their tithing, the gifts to the Levites because they're working instead of the Jewish people. So basically, the Levites are helping the Kohanes, but they're also representing all the Jews because it is really everyone's responsibility. Okay, and then you give Levim to Aaron, his sons. They take care. Okay. Now finally, verse 10 tells us that Aaron and his sons you should appoint. So he jumps from the Levi all of a sudden the verse starts talking about Aaron and his sons. That they should guard their kuhuna, their priesthood. So what is the verse telling us over here? The Rebbe wants to make a point in this talk that the Rebbe gives every person has been given a certain mission in life. We don't all have the same mission. We don't all have the same talents. We don't all do the same things we don't need to do all the same things we have different genders within the Jewish people you have the Kohen you have the Levi you have the Israel. each one has their function as far as the service of the Mishkan say the Kohen's function was to do the offering, do the service in the temple itself. The Levites, they would sing, they would guard, they would do other jobs. And the Israelites would just stand by sometimes to see what's going on over their Corban. Each one had their own job. You know, you have an army you have different parts. The army needs a a supply, a food supply, it needs cooks, it needs intelligence, it needs fighters, it has. It takes up in order to get a whole complete uh, army, you need various different kinds. Hashem knows what He wants from expects from each one. A lot of times People think, oh, I want to do what the other person does. I'm not happy with who I am. I'm not happy with my lot in life. I'm going to try to change it. I'm going to be someone else. Especially, we know that the Jewish people have a special relationship with God. God and that relationship is something that we got now we're coming up to Shavuos from Matan Torah when the Torah was given we had a special relationship with God and that's the people that Hashem wants to have that relationship people other nations of the world They don't need to have that relationship. They have other means and other functions. The kohen needs to be a kohen. The levite, the levite, israelite, an israelite, uh, a jew, to be a jew, a non-jew, a non-jew. Everybody has their mission, their function. Doesn't mean that I have to go ahead and do something which is not in my portion that Hashem has given me. So in this case that we're learning over here, we learn about the Levites. And we learn about that the Levites are representatives of the Jewish people. So sometimes the Jewish people might be tempted to say, Hey, you know what? Instead of having the Levites represent us, we'd like to do it ourselves. Why should the Levites go and represent us? Let me go ahead and do the work myself. You know, there's a joke about a fellow who came to the rabbi, and he says to the rabbi that he wants to become a Kohen. He wants to become, you know that joke? Yeah. That's okay. I love it. You can tell. I do you know that joke? You don't? I, I don't I don't know. know. Oh, you don't know. Okay. I might have heard it, but I don't remember okay, it right let now. Me tell you. So So he came to the rabbi and he asked the rabbi to make him for a coin. And the rabbi said that's not something that I could make you, you know. It's either your coin or not, but I can't make you a coin. Well, the guy was a wealthy uh, person. And, you know, even rabbis, if the price is right, you can buy them. So you offer the rabbi a enormous amount of money. So the rabbi should make him for a coin. So when they're sitting at the dinner and the rabbi was about to make him a coin, the rabbi asks him, he says, Listen, sir, I'm about to make you for a coin, but tell me, I'm just wondering... Why is it that you want to be a Kohen so badly? She so says, well, my father was a Kohen. My grandfather was a Kohen. I want to be a Kohen too. He didn't, that's how much he knew about what a Kohen means. But a Kohen is someone or some, that I shall grant you to be that. You know, in Israel, they were struggling for a long time with the law of return. You know, the Jewish people have different factions. And, you know, people choose what directions they want to go in life. And But there are certain basic elementary things that it's important that a certain standard should be kept by everybody. Uh, there's one thing, you know, some people do a little more, some do a little bit less some are more involved in Yiddishkeit, some less. That's an individual choice that people make. And it is what it is. But if we don't like keep like one standard, we don't know, okay, who's Jewish? So what what defines somebody that is Jewish? How do you become Jewish? I mean, just, especially in Israel, You know, when there's a lot of immigrants coming from out of the country, and Israel provides a lot of benefits for the Jews of the diaspora, and they give them a lot of funding and financial help and housing. So a lot of people want to take advantage of that, and they say, I'm Jewish, you know, and they're not really Jewish because they didn't convert or they didn't convert now. We have various different uh, reform, conversion. You have a orthodox conversion. You have a conservative, we have different stripes and shape. But if each group will convert according to their level that they wish to convert, there's not gonna be one uniform, we're not gonna be one people anymore because uh, in 20 years from now, Nobody's going to know who is Jewish, who is not Jewish if we don't have a certain standard that everybody goes by. I know personally also, I know a lot of cases where people were heartbroken at the end. A lot of people thought that, you know, they thought they were Jewish. They loved Judaism. They grew up, but that's not enough to technically be Jewish according to halacha, according to halacha there's a certain uh, level of commitment that you have to make and there's certain procedures that you have to go through in order for you to become a ger tzedek, to become a true uh, kosher ger. If you don't meet those standards, the halachic standards that from the halachic perspective, you're not Jewish. And if we don't have a standard, what happens is, just because I love Israel and I love the Jewish people, that is not sufficient to make you Jewish. There has to be the acceptance and observance of all the mitzvot, there has to be an immersion in a kosher mikveh with witnesses. There needs to be, by the males. There needs to be a bris, but there is procedures, requirements. There is learning necessary. There is now some rabbis will say, uh, Reform rabbi, if you give them twenty five dollars or whatever, they'll give you a piece of paper saying that you converted, that you're Jewish. I mean, okay, that's what they want to do, but so the Rebbe was very strong uh, fighting against this allowing in Israel to record people who are not really Jewish, record them as Jews. And the Rebbe was very worried that In 20 years from now there's an echo yeah I know I'm going to show you all in 20 years from now we're we're not going to know who is Jewish and who is not Jewish because we're not going to able to find out if in the identification card in Israel it's going to say that the person is Jewish how are we going to know how he became Jewish. So the Rebbe fought very strongly that it should, in law in Israel, at least in Israel, that you have to convert according to the Aloha in order to be counter-Jewish. Now, of course, a lot of people didn't like that. They felt that uh, the Orthodox have a monopoly over that. But there has to be a certain bottom line in which we can still remain... One people, without uh, you know, erasing any of the separations that we have, and um, and the Rebbe learns from this portion. He says that look, here you have the Levites, and they are representative from the Jewish people, and. The Torah later on says over here, the Kohen still must do his job. To tell you that the Levite cannot do the job of the Kohen. Even though in the past, the Rebbe points out, when the Jewish people brought the Korban Pesach, they almost did the services that the Kohen did. You know, they took the blood, they put it on the doorpost, they roasted the meat. That was very similar to the work of a Kohen. So what if a Jew says, listen, I wanna I wanna be the I wanna do the work of a Kohen. I wanna be like a Kohen. So the Pasik says no. That's what the Pasuk says over here. That you Aaron and his sons need to guard their kahuna. They are the ones that are designated by Hashem. And therefore, it's important that they do what they're supposed to do. And the other people should do, not do what they're not supposed to do. The same thing is, the Rebbe says, you're not doing anybody favors. If you accept people that don't belong and you make them believe that they do belong, then it is not good for the Jewish people. It's even not good for the non-Jewish people. Because this confusion and this lack of clarity and like i said i've had several cases myself try to stay out of these cases but i've had several cases where a person of course if the woman is jewish that's it so that's that's not solves most of the problems but in this case the husband was jewish and the wife thought or she wanted to be Jewish, and she was very Jewish in her heart, and she was very committed and good person, you know. But technically, halachically, she wasn't Jewish. She didn't meet the Jewish criteria because she didn't convert according to halacha, which basically means that converting according to halacha is not just, oh, I'm going to use this mikvah versus this mikvah. No, according to halacha means uh, accepting. All the mitzvot, that's basically what uh, what conversion according to Allah means. If you don't want to accept, nobody's forcing, nobody should be forced, and We're not encouraging conversion, but we're also not encouraging to tell people. So then her son found a nice Jewish girl from Israel, and they wanted the Chabad rabbi to make the wedding. And you know they live in Sharon. They call me. I should uh, intervene with the Chabad rabbi to make the wedding. I said I can't intervene. I said he can't do the wedding because. Oh, but I'm more Jewish than all my born Jewish friend. I said, yeah, that may be true, but there is a uh, technical part to it as well. You know, it's not only the. It's not just what you want in your heart. And, that you're a good person and that you're a good, you have good feelings for the Jews and everything else, and that you want to be Jewish and you know you think of yourself as Jewish. Uh, but that's, that's missing still the practical. So talking about a Cohen in this, I told I like to tell the story, and maybe today I'll leave it with the story. As you can hear, I'm running out of uh, steam over here. But this uh, this young man. Um, he meets up with this girl, a non-Jewish girl and they decided to get married so he brings her home and his parents they weren't orthodox or they weren't even but they didn't want their son to marry you know uh, a shiksa, they didn't want it to marry a non-Jewish girl they didn't want that for their son so they weren't happy so this, this, this young this young girl sees that the parents uh, are, you know, sour-faced. So she asks the boy, she says, What's wrong? Why are you parents? They don't like me? Or what? what's wrong? She says, No, 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 no. They really wanted me to marry somebody Jewish. And you're not Jewish, so they're not happy with it. So, okay. So... But he says, you know what, you don't have to worry about a thing. I love you and what my parents think of it, doesn't matter. He says, I couldn't care less, I'm marrying you and that's it, don't worry about it. But she didn't feel comfortable, she said, look, is there anything I can do to make your parents happy? What is it that, I, you know, I just don't like this relationship to be, you know, this. So he said, you know what, if you convert it, that'll make them happy. She says, okay, if that'll make him happy, let me convert. So why do we need to get into a marriage with all these bad feelings? Let's, let me convert. So they live out in California. So she goes to the, to the reform rabbi and she starts going to the uh, conversion classes and she starts asking the rabbi questions. I mean, she was a serious student. And then the rabbi tells her, you know what, you have too much questions and you're taking this too serious. You're more, uh, you know, I don't really believe in it myself and you're asking me too much stuff. So he says, why don't you try the conservative rabbi? Maybe take classes over there. So she goes to the conservative rabbi. She starts taking classes. The same story because she was a serious student. She's asking all kinds of you know, real questions. She wants to know what to learn. And again, the conservative rabbi says, go to the Orthodox rabbi. So she goes to the Orthodox rabbi. And over there she learned, and she really got into it. And she really wanted to convert, become. Now, you know, when a conversion of a, uh, of a woman, the rabbis tell the woman, there is one thing you have to know. You can marry any boy you want there's only one person you can't marry. A convert cannot marry a coin So she goes back to <laughs> her boyfriend and she says to him, by any chance, he says, are you a coin He says yes. My... So she says that I can't marry you. <laughs> He says, like, it's a true story. He told it to me in my house. He ate Friday night in our house many, many years uh-huh. ago. About 35 years ago. I still remember yeah, the story. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I can't marry you. And she actually went and married somebody else. She lives in Israel. She has a nice family. And he said, the guy is the one that told me the story. She says, I've had it. He said, the next time around, I'm going to find myself a Jewish girlfriend. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> I don't want anymore. So he found himself a good Jewish girlfriend. You know, he actually lives in Sharon. You know, I know who they are. I don't have that much connection with them, but I know who they are and everything else. So the point here is that uh, you know sometimes we get it from the other side. You know, we you know the convert becomes. In this case, the convert was more serious about it than the person that brought introduced her to Judaism, but. In a lot of cases, it's not taken serious enough. But here the Rebbe learns, everybody has to do their task. People can't mix, and that's for the benefit for everybody. In conclusion, I just wanted once again uh, give a prayer to Hashem that Hashem should protect His people, especially the people that live in Israel, especially the soldiers that are fighting, they're under attack. We have to remember that we're one people, we're all together, and it's not us versus them, it seems like we're sitting uh, in peace and tranquility over here, and we don't have to run to the uh, bomb shelters, but our hearts and our minds are together with our brothers in Israel, brothers and sisters in Israel, and we really pray and hope to Hashem, we beg Hashem to have pity and compassion and restore the peace and prosperity to all of Israel and there should be no more bloodshed there should be only health health and happiness for everybody